Hey guys, this is Rich Bokini. You might remember me as Kevin Owens punching bag on SmackDown. You're listening to the whole Rough and Show, the only podcast that calls it right down the middle. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole Rough and Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 71. That's the 71st episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole reference show. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. On today's show, we're doing a quick recap of Raw's 25th anniversary episode, which happened this past Monday. Uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of cool people came back for that one. A lot of familiar faces. Uh, some people conspicuously absent. We'll talk more about that. Also, bad news for Enzo Amore, uh, as he is no longer affiliated with WWE. Wow. And of course, being that this is a big weekend for the pay-per-view world, the network exclusive world of WWE. Darren and I are going to go head-to-head with our take on who the big victors will be for NXT TakeOver Philadelphia and WWE's Royal Rumble. And speaking of Royal Rumble, it should be an interesting one, especially for those precious 30 people who are involved in the whole reference show's second annual Royal Rumble contest. What, 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 what? That's right. What indeed. What number will the 30 lucky participants draw? And uh, who will win, Darren? Ooh, fun. I am excited to see who made it and what numbers they have. Now, the thing is, the anticipation will still be building. Because even though now you know that you're in the contest, and now you know what your number is, you still don't know... Who, who your person is, oh, yeah. you will not know until the clock hits zero 30 times. And that is very exciting. This is just anticipation layer cake. It is. Delicious anticipation layer cake. I can't wait to have a slice. So let's start off with some of them. Butterscotch headlines. Monday Night Raw's 25th anniversary 25 years of wrestling on Monday nights under the WWF slash WWE banner, USA Network. Oh, they spent a little time over on TNN, the national network. They made the transition to Spike, and then they had a homecoming to USA as WWE inked to deal with NBC Universal. About, what, about eight years ago now? Eight or nine years ago they returned? 25 years of wrestling on Monday nights from Vince McMahon and friends. That is a reason to celebrate. I think so. I don't think Vince McMahon has any friends. I think he has family and he has co-workers. Um, or he has employees, rather. But, uh... Yeah, yeah I guess... Billionaires don't really have co-workers. No, they don't really have co-workers, I suppose. They have, they have indentured servants. <laughs> right. Uh, it was it was a fun show. I mean, it was uh, it was cool. It's always fun to see, you know, I want to say the older folks, that sounds negative. But, you know, the, 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 the wrestlers of the past uh, show up, and then that, that was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, and a lot of them actually, though, I think it's safe to kind of say now, the older folks, because some of them, they're getting kind of older. You know, and I was thinking about this the other day. I thought about the idea that Sting might want to wrestle one more match and WWE might actually allow it. And it just makes me think about how, oh, I don't know, 18 years ago, WWE was making fun of Sting being too old. 18 years ago. So the idea that 18 years after being too old, they're going to give him a match maybe? That just that doesn't even make sense. That's like the milk in your refrigerator going bad. And so three days after the expiration date, you're like, no, can't drink that. It expired three days ago. But a month from now, I'll drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's uh that is an example. I won't say it's a perfect example of what's what's going on here, but it is perfect though. It is perfect. It, it is perfect. Well, I mean, someone like Billy Gunn's probably quote too old to wrestle, but he looked like a million bucks. Yeah, Billy Gunn looks like he should be the WWE Universal Champion right now. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that man's physique. I'm not sure about him, like how, if he can quote-unquote, go, but he uh, he's a specimen. He always was, and he still is. He has not crossed any thresholds into uh, into his later years, and uh, so good for him. Good for I mean, him. That's, that's genetics, man. But on this Monday night, Raw is celebrating 25 years, and they're doing it with their current roster. They're doing it with a lot of folks who came uh, and visited over from the SmackDown brand. Tons of folks from the past, and they came to us live on USA from two different locations in New York City. One in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, and two in the Manhattan Center, the original home of Monday Night Raw. So that was awesome. That was a nice touch. Very nice touch indeed. It was really cool to see the Ico Pro banner and the old Raw banners. And anytime you get to see that sort of, I don't know, mustardy gold painted building interior that, uh, of course, I mean, I, th I think of Monday Night Raw there for sure, but I also think of ECW. Right. Yeah. I really think of ECW when I see the inside of that venue and, uh, you know, grocery store lighting. I mean, even when The Undertaker came out, they didn't dim the house lights, you know, Um one thing that was kind of interesting was that sort of a neon sign, the neon sign of the W for the entrance. And, of course, that's reminiscent of a sign they had once upon a time. But I'll tell you, when they do the WW um, in a throwback style, but it doesn't have the F on the side, it doesn't look right. Like, to me, there's... <laughs> To me, there's nothing wrong with the current WWE symbol just being WW, but seeing the old style but without the F, that's kind of weird. I know the first time they did that was, I don't know, I think when Cena, when John Cena was still very new and he was tr trying to like rock the, the vintage throwback uniforms and stuff, like uh, specifically like football and basketball. And so they did a WWE one, and it's the old logo. It's very similar to the logo that we have uh, on the whole reference show, where it says the whole 
uh, as designed by a uh, friend of the show, Ben Blanton, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but it looks weird. It looks weird when they do the throwback in WWE and it doesn't have the F stuff on it. I, I understand because, I mean, it is like, uh, hey, remember this? And then it's it's not exactly what it was. So it's kind of like, no, that's something new to me. Um, speaking of remember that, did you see the um, did you see the sign of the audience at the Barclays Center? It's, it was the member berries from South Park. Yes, I did. And it said member pyro. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because they don't use pyro, was, uh, yeah, anymore. So that was really, that was really fun. Um, that was good. That was good. Which, by the way, the whole the whole uh, beginning of the uh, of the episode was done pretty well uh, with Shane and Stephanie coming out. I do think Stephanie should have said more than Shane did because Shane is so uh, synonymous with SmackDown Live now. Um, right. And the events came out, and then Steve Austin came out, and he he looks like he hasn't changed. Uh, he's still uh, yeah, super good shape. I, WrestleMania, yeah. I, I hope that when I go to New Orleans in a couple months, that the main event is Steve Austin versus Billy Gunn because I would be more entertained by that than probably anything else they have going right now. Right, right. Uh, but of course, it ends with Steve Austin drinking beer and stunning uh, two thirds of the McMahon clan. Um, which worked out pretty well. If you well. can believe that. If you can believe that. So it was a big throwback to the way Raw's used to end back in the Attitude Era when Stone Cold ran amok through uh, WWF, uh, which was, it's a lot of fun. We all have fun. We all have fun. Tons of moments there. Just just little nods to people from the past. Of course, they set up the APA in the back with a poker game, and it starts out with Ron Simmons and JBL, and they're playing poker with rhino and heath slater and then people keep joining them we get the million dollar man we get the titus brand folks not on the hulu uh, version you don't i didn't get any of that oh man wow that's that's you should have seen the real version uh that, <laughs> yeah that's let me just tune into my cable that i don't have yeah we end up getting a lot of visitors uh during that segment and uh so that's a nice way to do that uh we also get a segment in the back with Kurt Angle, and uh, he opens the door, and he's greeted by Jonathan Coachman, and then they just start flooding in. Did you see that part? No. (laughs) Wow, they cut all the fun parts out, because, yeah, once Coach is in there, all of a sudden, here comes Harvey Whippleman, and the Brooklyn Brawler, and Brother Love. I see all of them at the very, very end for the uh, confrontation with Lester, Stroman, and Kane. And then, of course, the boogeyman comes in, and he starts out with, you know, all these disgusting worms hanging out of his mouth, and then he appeared to eat all of them, and then regurgitate them into Jonathan Coachman's hand. Oh. And then, apparently, he couldn't get them all out of his mouth, so the ones that are left, he re-eats those. So... That's gross. That's a whole other level of gross that I had forgotten that I love to see. (laughs) (laughs) That's horrible. Oh, the boogeyman is a whole lot of fun. He's he's definitely something. I don't think that there was ever the intention to make him champion uh, at any point. Um, But uh, I don't think so. (laughs) Well, back at the Manhattan Center, we got a lot of uh, a lot of throwbacks. Uh, The Undertaker. Uh, makes his first appearance since we last saw him in Camping World Stadium back in uh, Orlando, Florida, or WrestleMania 33. 
And uh, he appears and makes a statement about uh, him beating all the legends of the past. Um, and then he says something about, like, everyone who's ever stepped foot in the ring, like, can be laid to rest or something like that. A very cryptic statement, even for The Undertaker. It was odd. It was almost a little off. Um, I think he got a little distracted by the one more match chance. Yeah, he did. I thought we were about to see an in-memoriam montage of all the deceased wrestlers, but that would have added a whole other hour to Raw. Uh, oh, ow, wow, wow. Yep. I'm not trying to be mean. It's accurate. There's so many people uh, passed away. I know, away. but that's just a pain, painfully, painfully accurate statement. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know what he was saying. I, I'm always going to mark out for The Undertaker, but that's as close to being sort of stupefied and maybe even disappointed uh, by The Undertaker. It's the first time I've felt that way since his American Badass days, <laughs> which, which, of course, I hated every second of that. We don't uh, talk about those days, Darren. Yeah, I know I don't, but... Yeah, there was something very off, and I, I think it kind of began, I, I don't know, not having the hat, like, not having the hat on was weird. Like, that was, that, that get, the get-up he had was too new. It was too um, last few Undertaker years. I don't know. I just, I, I just wasn't feeling it, and it seemed off. And like I said, the lights didn't go out. Um he didn't, have, he didn't have the aura. He didn't have the ambiance. Looked like his hair was fake, too. Like, he maybe shaved his head again, but no one, no one needed to know that yet. So, it looked like he had, like he had fake hair coming out from the bottom. Exactly. Right. So, I don't know. Always, always nice to see The Undertaker, but I, for one, never wanted to see him in uh, again in character after that night at WrestleMania 33 because I thought... While not necessarily the ending I would have scripted for his career, it was one I was willing to accept, especially the way they were playing it out. And now, even if he doesn't do anything else, the fact that he came out that way on Monday makes it like, now that doesn't even count. <laughs> right. Well, that, that yeah. was awkward, but it was pretty cool seeing Triple H and Shawn Michaels do the, the DX thing. Um, it, it actually turned out pretty well. And of course, they said, we're not alone. They bring out Road Dog Jesse James. You know what's weird about that? Michaels and Triple H are the least entertaining part of DX anymore. Right. Like, I was actually excited to see the New Age Outlaws. And I thought that Sean Waltman looked like a million dollars on two legs. Like, he he needs to wrestle a match. Like, he needs to come in and uh, take care of this DOA cruiserweight division. What if they make X-Pac the new GM of 205 Live? Well, that, hey, that would be badass. Right. But also you got to remember Triple H is like the head of NXT. He's a corporate guy now. He's a boss. Shawn Michaels is like devout Christian now. So they are both anti-DX. They, they are all for the rules. <laughs> I, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. However, I will say the one moment that I really popped for at, came from the last person I would imagine make me pop on this night, and it was Shawn Michaels. When he said, how is it 
that I used to be the boss of this unit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now you're the boss of everything. Like, to me, he needed to say that every time they've revived DX over the last 10 years. Every time they put on that neon green shit and came out and tried to breathe life back into something that was long dead, every time they did it and Shawn Michaels was playing sidekick to Hunter, I was like, no! (laughs) There never would have been any DX without Shawn Michaels and his particularly raunchy brand of nasty brashness. And for him to ever play second fiddle in his own clique was an abomination. Right. And so it was very, very rewarding to hear him address it directly on the air. Well, you, yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Do you know what I popped for? Something I thought I would never, ever hear again on WWE television. Razor Ramon's theme song. Yeah. So Scott Hall comes out to Razor Ramon's thing. Because I was thinking, like, I know they're going to bring in Scott Hall out. Is he coming out to NWO? He can't come out to DX. He's never officially in DX. Uh, but, yeah, right. comes out to Razor Ramon's thing. I thought that was pretty uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, and they called him Razor Ramon. Oh, yeah. Like, and they even put Razor Ramon as the graphic at the bottom of the screen. So that was interesting. But it was cool seeing him in the, like, you know, the black outfit with the, the dripping red blood. Because I will always prefer Scott Hall to Razor Ramon, because I because <laughs> when you're NWO for life, uh, that's no joke. You are <laughs> NWO for life. You heard that, yeah. Scott Norton. You're NWO for life, bud. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that that was but interesting. I'll tell you what else was cool was when uh, the Balor Club, when Finn Balor, when Gallows and Anderson come out. You know, the original Bullet Club. Right. When they come to the ring and and they uh, all combine two suites, you get DX, NWO, and Bullet Club all throwing up the two suites together. Right. Man, that that is something that would only happen on a show like this. Which, of course, the revival comes out and they, they're not happy that everyone's having a good time. So a match happens. Um, and so, yeah, an actual match happens between the Balor Club, uh, Gallows and Anderson, and uh, the Revival. Um, <laughs> and of course, of course, you have Triple H out there, you have Shawn Michaels out there, the New Age Outlaws, X Puck, Balor Club, the Revival, Scott Hall slash Razor Ramon. Who gets a chant for the first minute of the match? Mikey Oda. Yes! Mikey Oda. Referee Mikey Oda gets a Mikey Oda chant, which I'm sure Vince is like, God damn it! <laughs> yeah. I bet I bet he felt bad. He was like, oh God, please. I'm, I'm going to hear about this. Please stop chanting my name. And of course, Mikey Oda's wearing a classic ref shirt, by the way, which was a nice touch. Yes, absolutely. I, hey, Monday Night Kyoto, right? Yes, that's why, that's why I tune in for Mikey Oda. Um, so yeah, beyond that, that that's kind of the, the best of it. You say, according to you, again, I got the Hulu version, so minus a half hour of actual uh, footage, you say there was a women's match as well? There was. There was an eight-woman tag match. It featured women only from the Raw brand. We uh, saw what were, I guess, essentially the baby faces 
babyface team of Asuka, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Mickey James taking on the heel team of Nia Jax, Alicia Fox, Sonya Deville, and Mandy Rose with Paige at ringside. And uh, after the babyfaces go over, Asuka then turns on her teammates, throws them all out of the ring, and does her little Asuka dance. And, um, you know, I don't know that it was a full-blown heel turn. It was just sort of that, hey, every woman for herself. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, and her, you know, saying, that's what's going to be like Sunday, so here we go, right now. I'm Asuka, I'm the Empress of Tomorrow. And uh, Sunday, you know, it's finally tomorrow. Right. So we'll, well see. Well, watching Hulu version, I was like, they didn't really talk a whole lot about the Women's Rumble at all. Um, I mean, th- there was the very short confrontation between Alexa Bliss and Charlotte uh, Flair, the champions of the respective, you know, TV shows. But that was more just a chance to get Rick, to squeeze Ric Flair into the picture. Um, so that was- I like that moment, though. Like, in addition to seeing Ric Flair, I really like that moment seeing the two women's belts right there. Right. I mean, not just seeing... I mean, obviously cool to see Alexa and Charlotte interacting, but to see those two belts on screen at the same time. Right. And they should, and they talk about we should fight each other, but it's like, you'll never fight each other. You should fight each other at Clash of Champions, because that's what the name of the pay-per-view is. Um, but, no, you won't. Um. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, were there, you know, there were some other cool things we saw. Uh, you know, they bring back uh, general managers from the past, so we saw... John Laurinaitis, a.k.a. Johnny Ace. We see Eric Bischoff. William Regal comes out, he himself being a former GM of Monday Night Raw. We've got a bunch of women coming back. The Bellas together on screen on Raw, not just simply on a reality show for the first time in a long time. Maria Kanellis and Maurice Mazanin, both pregnant, both out there. Jacqueline. Uh, Terry Runnels. How about Terry Runnels? She looked like a million dollars. She looked a million dollars. You're right. I was, I was impressed, man. Uh, Kelly Kelly was out there. We got to see Tori Wilson, who may have been more gorgeous than at any point in her career, if you could believe that. Right. And that was excellent, seeing all those, uh, all those women from the past. I, I'm surprised we didn't see more of them. Um, if anything... There were some notable absences that were curious. Yeah, when it said Trish Stratus, that seemed like the last one, and very curious that Lita was not among the people on stage. Yeah, and where's Mick Foley? Exactly. Where is Mick Foley? Where's The Rock? Rock's probably busy, that I understand, but where is Mick Foley? (laughs) Right. And, um, you know, if you follow Hulk Hogan on social media... He said that uh, 25th anniversary of Raw with no Hulk Hogan is nonsense. Yeah, wow. And I'm inclined to agree. We did get we did get one still frame of Hulk Hogan during the whole night, and it was him lying flat on his back with Shawn Michaels looking down at him. So <laughs> you always know where you stand with the company. With the with uh, nights like this and stills and stuff like that. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, Hulk Hogan, only the most famous wrestler there's ever been. We get one shot of him jobbing out to Shawn Michaels. Right. Uh, so that is unfortunate. 
I um, I understand WWE having great trepidation about reintroducing Hulk Hogan. I get it. I get it. I just personally believe um, that time has come to allow him back into the fold. Um, I would I would have him, even though it's been long enough that some people would even say it's water under the bridge. No, I would still have him issue some sort of apology, not once he's back, but before he comes back. But at that point, bring him back. There was one other Hulk Hogan reference, though. You may recall when AJ Styles is being interviewed. Ah, yes. He brought in Mean Gene Okerlund and AJ Styles being the super wrestling fan that he was, or is, hopefully still, um, had to say, let me tell you, let me tell you something, Mean Gene, to Mean Gene, which is very Hulk Hogan-esque. Yeah, you're right. So that was cool. Thank you, AJ, for being... Thank you, Mr. TNA Wrestling, Mr. ROH in New Japan. Thank you for being the one to mention Hulk Hogan in WWE. That's right. So... Uh, so all in all, really great show. Nice nostalgia trip. Um, not a lot of, well, I mean, apparently there was some good wrestling, uh, <laughs> not, not a lot of wrestling matches took place during the show because you had to obviously cram everyone into it. Um, but no, I was, I was pretty happy about it. Now, someone who was not involved in the show, Darren, is Enzo Amore. You want to tell our listeners why Enzo Amore was a no-show at the 25th anniversary bash? Well... Um, this is a, one of those situations where we have to report carefully. Similarly to how we had to handle uh, the initial reporting of the Rich Swan Sue Young uh, investigation, that's where we're at with this Enzo situation. Um, now, he has been released by WWE, but... It is a situation, of course, where in America you are innocent until proven guilty. What has happened, what has transpired, is that a woman has come forward and claimed that she was sexually assaulted by Enzo Amore. That is the initial report. Now, as a result of that, and WWE having a zero-tolerance policy for sexual assault, and good for them, they absolutely should, the suspension becomes immediate, and it hits the internet and hits the news ticker, we've suspended Enzo Amore. Now, more and more story comes out. As soon as the report comes out from the individual who claims to be the victim, conflicting reports come out from other sources saying that she is guilty of fraud, of just these sorts of charges from the past. So all of a sudden, there is a bit of doubt cast on these charges. But then the story comes out that regardless of anyone's guilt or innocence, WWE is upset because this investigation began last October. So we're talking about four months, and WWE had no idea because Enzo Amore reportedly actively hid this from them. So, that is being said to be the grounds upon which Enzo Amore's suspension became a release. And he was, in fact, released from the company less than 24 hours after this news broke. Now, 
That leads, of course, to speculation on the IWC, the internet wrestling community, that WWE simply knows something because they've been told something by authorities that the general public does not know, and it is that knowledge that they based uh, his release on. But there are others that say, no, they simply fired him because regardless of his innocence or guilt, he put the company in a bad situation by hiding this from them. And I understand every single bit of that. This is a horrible, horrible crime of which he has been accused. If he is guilty, he deserves whatever is coming to him. If he is innocent, he absolutely deserves to be rehired, and uh, his uh, false accuser should be punished uh, accordingly as well. But it's a really awful situation, and of course it leaves WWE kind of holding the bag. Yeah. I mean, assuming Enzo Amore is guilty, then... You know, of course, you lose your job, and now you got to deal with it. You know, you make your bed, you got to lie in it. You dig your grave, you got to, you know, there you go. But it leaves WWE holding the bag because it is one more nail in the coffin of this cruiserweight division that WWE just doesn't seem to be able to get a hold to it, right? Yeah, it's it's very awkward. Trying to keep interest up for 205 Live. Again, the placement of the actual recording of 205 Live is is doesn't seem to help the show at all, considering it usually tapes after SmackDown is taped, and people who just came for SmackDown or half of them are gone. You and I saw that when we saw uh, SmackDown in uh, Jacksonville, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so half the audience is gone. Um, basically they're, they're baited to stay with, uh, no super dark match after 205 live. We're like, all your favorite wrestlers will fight on a, in a six man, uh, tag. Um, <laughs> but, um, it, it's, it's unfortunate because the, uh, the cruiserweights are some very, very talented wrestlers, but you know, unfortunately there aren't like big names to the casual, uh, WWE wrestling fan. Um, so there's, there's not a lot of reason to stick around. So they, they figured that out and they threw Enzo in there. I think gold dust has been on two five live lately. Not that gold dust is going to make, you know, half the audience stay or anything, but you know, the more familiarity, the, the better chances for people like, Hey, I know him, you know, and stick around to watch his match. Um, oh, yeah. so, uh, it, it's, it's tough. If, if two five live was, was filmed in front of that full sale audience every week, it'd be a much different story. Uh, you'd have that hot, small audience, which is what something like 205 needs. Um, <laughs> but, again, I mean, and that's the way it should be. And like I've been saying on this show for a while now, Vince McMahon needs to go ahead and just make a studio where, you know, instead of renting out Full Sail, you, you make a facility that's like Full Sail, where you film, you film your, you know, women's tournaments, your cruiserweight tournaments, your 205 Live, your NXT shows, and also you have, you know, sound stages to film your WWE movies. Like, why are you not doing this? You don't have to rent out some other space. You have all the space. You own it, you know, but whatever. What do I know? Um, so, yeah, basically you, you just want the smaller audiences who are just hardcore wrestling fans. You don't want half your audience to be the casual viewer who's like, well, I already paid. I want to see Randy Orton fight, you know, whoever in the, in the dark match main event going on later. Um, so... 
that, 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 and, and that's that. As far as Enzo goes, though, unfortunately, this whole situation is unfortunate. Um, Enzo's doing some interesting things on 205 Live. Um, and uh, like they said, if, if he's guilty, he's guilty. He needs to go. If he isn't, it's kind of a mess. Unfortunately, if you're a celebrity and you're and you're accused, you're automatically you're guilty until proven innocent. Um, and and, and then that, that's in all cases, not in you know you know sexual harassment aside. In anything that happens, you're you're yeah, I bet he does that. And just reading the comments on Facebook of people commenting on the Enzo More case, and it's of course horrible statements and uh anyway yeah, i'm not going to repeat any of those right now so it's just a bad situation in general hopefully it gets cleaned up you know if they find out enzo is is innocent that's great we'll probably see him again down the road because it does seem more like he's being punished because he hid this from the company instead of coming out and saying you know vince this happened and and so look out for it kind of a thing i didn't do it i maintain my innocence but you know it did happen so yeah, for sure. And after a week-long Raw celebration, we're going to go into co-branded territory as Raw and SmackDown will have a huge four-day extravaganza coming to you from the city of brotherly love. And the first night will be NXT TakeOver in Philadelphia followed by the Royal Rumble the next night, and then Raw, and then SmackDown. Wells Fargo Center janitorial crew, get your brooms and mops ready to take a disgusting venue and polish it up each night. <laughs> you mean the venue itself is disgusting, or it will be disgusting after it's trashed by a bunch of wrestling fans? The latter. The okay, latter. okay making after sure. After every single fan spills beer and soda and tromps through it in their sneakers, that's a lot to clean up before those same individuals come back into your arena the very next day, four days in a row. Right. But I know one thing. If we're going to talk about these shows, that means you and I are going head-to-head. Head-to-head. NXT TakeOver from Philadelphia. This will be the first of four nights. WWE is coming to you from the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Saturday, the 27th of January, 2018. And we have a really interesting card here. They're still going with the five-match format. I'm anxious to see if we get a sixth match crammed into the hour-long pre-show. Or maybe it's only 30 minutes, but... uh, I'm excited to see as much NXT, especially when it comes to the network specials, as I can get my hands on. And so, what do you say we go head-to-head? Head-to-head. And make our picks. All right, it's got to be done. Let's start off with Velveteen Dream. He's taking on Cassius Ono. You... Oh, no! Oh, no! you got to be pretty excited about this match, huh, Darren? I'm stoked. I am stoked i'm geeked to the gills i couldn't be more funkified i'm pleased as punch i'm cool as a cucumber and i uh, will make your liver quiver and uh, i love both of these individuals the velveteen dream has impressed from the moment that he uh he dropped the uh, donald trump trunks 
and uh, put on some velour tights, some uh, fringe boots, and buckwheated his hair. I love the Velveteen Dream. Somewhere in between Prince and Jimi Hendrix, we have the Velveteen Dream. And Cassius Ono, you know I dig this cat. Like, what an awesome ring presence for Cassius Ono, a.k.a. Chris Hero. Yeah, I, I feel like Velveteen Dream has kept the momentum that he's had since the since he started becoming like kind of red hot, you know. Um he's he's really kept it. That Alistair Black Velveteen Dream match from the last takeover was just superb. Um so I mean I, I have I have a lot of uh I have a lot of anticipation watching his matches now. I'm very happy to see him when he jumps on my TV screen. Cassius Ono, I can't say the same about. Uh, I was really excited about him at first. I really enjoyed watching him work at some of the house shows I saw. Um, and just the more I see him, they don't really use him that well. And he's kind of just, is his powers are waning. What can I say? So, just, just not on really? board. Cassius. I, really, I, I hate to hear that. I didn't, uh, I don't know why you hate Cassius Ono. I didn't say hate. I'm sorry. If I don't like someone, does that mean that I hate them? Uh, I'm just, you know, I, I can I can do without Cash Zono, you know, as far as NXT people go. Ow! Um, put him in the back and just blow his brains out with a magnum. Is what you think I'm saying about the guy, and it's not true. I just think that if they're going to use him, they need to use him. Because as it is, I brought him in to fight Bobby Roode, and he lost, and then he just kind of started losing to people. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. So I think this is an easy victory for Velveteen Dream. What do you think? Well, I think that this is an opportunity for Velveteen Dream. I don't know that it's an easy victory, but I think that this is this is Velveteen Dream getting some heat back after, uh, you know, it was logical for him to lose to Aleister Black. Aleister Black needed to win that match, that excellent match that they had. But now Dream needs to get some of it back. We've heard already that Cassius Ono is sort of playing the role of player coach. He's there to put people over. So why would he not put over Velveteen Dream in these particular circumstances? So I take it that you are picking Velveteen Dream just as I am. Correct, correct. All right, well, we'll see. You never can tell. Next up, the NXT tag belts are on the line as the champions who are known as the Undisputed Era, and then that, of course, is comprised of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly with their leader, Adam Cole, at their side. These guys are the tag champs. They're taking on the Authors of Pain with Paul Ellering at their side. So each team has somebody at ringside looking out for them. What do you think about this match? Will Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly retain their tag belts? They will absolutely retain their tag belts. Uh, you can tell as far as storyline-wise, they're looking for a place to put Authors of Pain anywhere they can to kind of keep them around, to kind of make people remember who they are. Um, as far as wrestling ability, they're not the best wrestlers. Um, they are huge, hulking brutes. Um, that, that is for sure. And they've been, in, they've been involved in some great matches that... That triple threat tag match with Authors of Pain, Revival, and DIY is like one of my favorite matches ever. I loved how well that match was booked. Um, the, I think it was TakeOver Orlando. I'm pretty sure that's where it was. Um, it, it was so good. I, I, I think Undisputed Era goes over on Authors of Pain here, but I do think Authors of Pain are going to get that call up to, to SmackDown or Raw 
very soon. So I think this is one of their one of the last matches on the way out. Wow. I don't know. I I I, I mean I'm picking the undisputed era, but I don't think the authors of pain are ready, man. I think they need to stay in the oven and cook a little more. Oh, I agree with that, but they're two big men, and that's kind of enough, I think. Be like, oh yeah, get them on whatever show. So You are not wrong. You are not wrong about that. Now, as happens on most every takeover, we get all the belts defended. There's only so much time, and there's only so many belts, so throwing them all on the same show, it it looks like, you know, it looks like impressive. All the gold on the line, so to speak. And the women's title is on the line in the next match as the champion Ember Moon meets the challenger Shayna Baszler. Who you got? Oh, man, we're getting right to it, huh? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say Ember Moon. Okay. I'm going to say that Ember Moon retains because if we get the UFC surprise that we want at the Rumble, I don't think you can also have that sort of be the second fiddle to, to a Baszler win, you know, the night before. So as destructive as Shayna Baszler has been on uh, NXT television, uh, both at Full Sail and uh, up in Atlanta at center stage. So, I don't know. I still, I, Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm going with Ember. I, I am sticking with Ember because, yeah, can't have Shayna Baszler do this. Not, not, not here, not now. Right. Well, I mean, it, it's a bad situation. I think it's a bad call to have her immediately challenge Ember Moon for the title that she just got after, you know, fa- so many failed attempts of trying to get the women's title. Um, and now she finally became champion. And again, it, it's very new. Shayna Baszler comes in and she's just legit badass, you know, that almost won the uh, the Mae Young Classic. And if, sh- if she doesn't win this, it makes her look bad, like, instantly. Whereas Ember Moon... If she doesn't win this, it kind of it kind of takes more of her heat away, you know, because she's the one who couldn't beat couldn't beat Asuka, so they had to wait till Asuka vacated the title, so she would have to beat her to get the title. So I mean, it it, it looks bad if either one of them lose. So it's it's a tough call. It's really a tough call. But I think at the end of the day, I'm gonna have to go with. I mean, Ember's got to keep this. She has to keep this title, right? I think she has to keep it because I'm counting on Ronda Rousey to be the main story as far as women coming out of this weekend. And Shayna Baszler would absolutely steal her thunder if she won. Not to mention that Shayna has been healing it up so hard. And so a network special like this, the special occasion, this is where the heel or the villain will always get his or her comeuppance. And it's for these reasons that I'm I'm definitely going with Ember. Right, but also at the same time, it adds more credibility to the whole the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen of NXT. Um, especially sure. if Shanna Baszler's got more behind her, if she's NXT champion too at the time. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. It, it's the, There's a lot of ways you can do it. Basically, either one can win this because they kind of backed you into a corner as far as, you know, credibility wise and and should these people win 
win or lose this match. But I'll, I'll stick with Ember Moon, though, just because she needs to keep that title. Uh, moving on, though, a match between Aleister Black and Adam Cole, baby. Now, it is an Extreme Rules match, and because there is that caveat, I think that's how Adam Cole gets over on Aleister Black. What do you think? Uh, I completely agree. Yes, I'm very excited. Yes, these are two of my very favorite wrestlers. No, I don't have a problem with two of my favorites fighting each other because I know that wrestling is fake. <laughs> and so I can simply be entertained by seeing some of my favorites do what they do best. And I think these dudes are absolutely, totally, fully, wholeheartedly going to pull the best out of one another. This could be uh, an NXT-defining matchup. I really think it is. I mean, I think it'll be... It has the potential to be as good, if not a little bit better, than Velveteen versus Aleister Black. Yeah, and I think, going back to your point, I think the fact that it is an Extreme Rules match, we'll, uh, we'll get to see probably Fish and O'Reilly get involved. Or maybe here's an opportunity where we see finally a fourth member of the Undisputed Era join uh, to, to take Aleister Black out to help Adam Cole, baby, even more. Or, you know, who knows? Uh, the Extreme Rules match, I think, one, it's Aleister Black sort of embodying that uh, counterculture. So, of course, he wants something that's extreme. He wants the Extreme Rules, not to mention, add on top of that, the fact that they're in Philadelphia, not only the city of brotherly love, but the home of and so he's saying ECW by the way folks how could you be in Philadelphia and not have an extreme rules match uh so yeah I think that for that those very reasons Adam Cole goes over what about you I already said that I thought Alistair Black was gonna lose this one to Adam Cole because of that extreme rules and, uh, yeah, I think so far in the head-to-head, head-to-head, you and I pretty much agree on everything, yeah. Yeah, um, I think, I, I'm gonna go ahead and hazard a guess and say we're gonna agree on everything, because all we have left now is the main event of the evening. NXT champion Andrade Cien Almas takes on Johnny Gargano. Now, Johnny Gargano had to fight hard to get here. There was a mini tournament, uh, an odd an odd set of brackets that were established to find the best possible opponent for Andrade Almas. In the end, it was Johnny Gargano. And from the moment that he won it, you know, your average fan, your fly-by-night fan or whatever, they're going to say... Who the hell is Johnny Gargano, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but I think that Johnny Gargano is going to pull an incredible match out of Almas. But I also think this is Almas's chance to double down on his being the champion, to beat somebody as credible uh, and, and as talented as Johnny Gargano. So you're going Andrade. I am. Going Andrade. Look at you. Well, uh, a couple things you got to think about in this match with Andrade Almas and Johnny Gargano is one, uh, 
Zelina Vega, the young lady that is with Andrade Almos, usually plays a pretty big part in his matches. And I thought it'd be cool if, well, since they just hired Candice LeRae, who is the wife of Johnny Gargano, what if she got involved in the match as much as Zelina did and kind of became like the counter to Zelina, which kind of gives Gargano that fighting chance. But also it's the husband and wife, baby. Um, so that'd be kind of cool. Also, is Champa just about ready to come back? How cool would it be if Gargano and Champa feud for the NXT title? Oh, man, that would be extraordinary. That would be a departure, too, because I think I've heard you complain about how formulaic the uh, title reigns in NXT have become, you know? Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's your, I mean, you're the one who has been so against it where it's like, here's a guy, here's a challenger, here's the climb, here's the loss, here's the return match, we win, here's a new guy. Wash, rinse, repeat. Right, exactly. But if you get a surprise of a Gargano win and then enter into, like you said, a program uh, with Champa that... You know, maybe they trade the belt back and forth. Or, you know, I don't even know. Or maybe, you know, Gargano has a short reign. Champa then ends up with a long reign, but then loses it back to Gargano. So many possibilities to disrupt the formula and make uh, your next couple of championship reigns extra memorable. Right. So we'll see. Or we may just see Champa come out and cost gargano the match this is true also but i i just i don't see andrade almost as the nxt champion going into wrestlemania weekend and that's what we're looking at if he retains the title against gargano that and gargano I, hasn't won a match in 30 years so maybe they owe him one so i'm gonna go with gargano oh wow okay well that is going to ensure that we do not have the same picks all but the last match, but all right, there's uh, that's the way you go head to head. Head to head. That leaves the Rumble, the Rumble, second only to WrestleMania. The Royal Rumble is a big one, and uh, Darren and I, we got to do it again. We got to go head to head. Head to head. Dear listeners, you've got the Royal Rumble upon you. WWE presents Royal Rumble 2018, a co-branded network special brought to you by Monday Night Raw, did we mention it was 25 years old, and SmackDown Live, the night after TakeOver Philadelphia from the Wells Fargo Center on Sunday evening, the 28th of January 2018, the Royal Rumble. Rumble featuring not one, but two Royal Rumble matches featuring not one, but two tag team championship matches and featuring not one, but two world title matches. You can call one the universal title and one the WWE title all you want, but those two belts are world championships. So, we have a six-match card for what is being advertised 
as a four-hour special start time show on the WWE Network, which means you're looking at at least one, if not two hours, of pre-show. So, six matches, six hours? Mm, I'm pretty sure we're going to see some filler matches show up. Um, definitely on uh, the pre-show. And hell, we may even see an oddball match appear in that like uh, fourth quarter area of the Rumble just to kind of pad it. They might throw Elias Sampson in there at some point. <laughs> really doubling down Elias Sampson, by the way. They gave Elias Sampson quite a bit of uh, screen time during the 25th anniversary episode of... Uh, of Raw, and he goes over on John Cena on TV, so that that's that's pretty interesting. That was very very interesting. Now, one thing that's interesting uh, is that we don't know the order of these matches. Um, if I'm booking, my personal belief is that you should book end the network special with the Rumble matches. You know, the whole big deal about the Rumble this year is the fact that there is a women's royal. Rumble match. There are enough women. There is enough believable women with fan bases to fill up an entire 30-woman roster for this particular match. So I know it's not a big deal, but for the sake of this conversation, we are going to present it the way we would book it. Starting off with the Women's Royal Rumble match and ending with the Men's Royal Rumble match. So, Perry, the Women's Royal Rumble, the first ever Women's Royal Rumble match this Sunday in Philadelphia. I think we only know 17 of the entrants at best. Right. And we're talking about a 30-woman Rumble. Basically, basically if, you're in the, if you're in the WWE, you're in the Rumble because they need to fill it with 30 people. So basically, anyone you've seen on TV is going to be in on it. You know, Asuka and Nia Jax, and unfortunately not Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair. They're the champions. So that's I guess that's one bad thing about being them, being the champion. The only time it's inconvenient to be champion is you, you can't participate in the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, absolutely, but I think that Alexa and Charlotte, they've been decorated enough that I doubt they'll feel shortchanged for not being included in this match. Right, right. Those are two of the most highly decorated women ever, um, and they certainly are among the very best of the women right now. But we're going to see 30 women, 30 women who are not going to include, like you said, Alexa and Charlotte. So who are these 30 women? Like I said, at best... Between the Raw and SmackDown rosters, um, and when you, especially when you're not counting the Alexa and Charlotte, you can come up with about 17. And that's as many as we've seen on any of the graphics WWE has put out, like all the headshots together and stuff. So, I mean, uh, as we saw on Monday Night Raw's 25th anniversary show, there are women out there who could probably still, quote-unquote, go... You know, we know that Mickey James can go. She came back. She's doing a hell of a job. So are we going to see any of those faces from the Raw 25 show appear in the Rumble? I think we may. I do think we may. I think that was kind of, a, as much as it was a 
Hey, remember her? It was also kind of a, remember her? Good, you're going to see her in the Rumble. So remember to, you'll know who she is when she shows up. So you, so I think you mean Trish. Or like Kelly Kelly even. Um, people like that. There's going to be a lot of surprises only because anyone who shows up is going to be surprising for the most part. <laughs> right. And I mean, I'm hoping we see both Bellas in the match. Yeah, that'd be cool to see both. I think it'd be neat to see Brie in particularly, but seeing both of them will be really special. But who knows? Because this is also the opportunity where you are going to see NXT women that you thought maybe you would never see. I think in addition to Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, who seem like absolute no-brainers to show up, uh, it's very possible I think you might see, uh, well, shit, what are they calling her now? Lacey Evans? Is that what... Lacey Evans. Her name is? Absolutely, okay. yeah. Nikki Cross, it'd be cool to see her show up. Yeah, that would be very, very cool. So we'll have to see. Uh, Triple H stated that just because NXT women will appear in the Rumble does not mean they've been called up. They'll go back to NXT programming. Again, I don't care. <laughs> I'd rather them stay on NXT programming because it's more opportunities for more matches and better matches. But I would like to see him in the Rumble, because that's kind of cool. Right, but who do you think has got the best chance of actually winning this thing, Darren? Man, I think the only person I can give it to uh, and feel confident in my choice is Asuka. I agree with that. They are kind of setting it up as like, oh, Asuka, she's the one, she's the one. And she is undefeated at this point. Um, her losing the Rumble match would not technically be a loss, though. So I, I don't. I, I, she doesn't have to necessarily win. Um, it, it's tough. One thing I hate about the fact that if Asuka wins the women's Rumble, that means Shinsuke Nakamura is definitely not going to win the men's Rumble later. Um. <laughs> oh, oh. oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess that means uh, it's all or nothing. You're all in, double down. Uh, <laughs> For Shinsuke, huh? Uh, no, not necessarily. But I mean, I, I, that's, I, I've already had that thought for a while now. Like, if if one went over, that means the other would not go over. So, but also, yeah, you, yeah. you got to think about who, also who the company feels comfortable putting in that main event spotlight. You know, more or less the championship spotlight at WrestleMania. Uh, as far as the women go, I mean, uh, it's it. Asuka, I think, starting to have the uh, the excitement, enthusiasm behind her. I don't think anyone really has that that momentum that Asuka has as far as like building up to a championship match. So I, I guess I kind of have to go with Asuka. I'm gonna have to go with Asuka. All right. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. She seems like the obvious choice for all the reasons that you stated, um, and I think that that's just smart booking. Yeah. So smart booking uh, WrestleMania match, a WrestleMania match between Asuka and Alexa Bliss, possibly. That sounds super cool to me. Right. Absolutely. So just oh. for confirmation, you are choosing Asuka then? Oh, for sure. I'm definitely going with Asuka, and I would be disappointed if it's not Asuka. Well, get ready so, for disappointment. Uh, Remember Roman Reigns last year? <laughs> Well, hey, make mine Asuka. There you go. 
So that's going to take us into the, I'll say, regular matches, the uh, traditional matches. Uh, this one, not so traditional. It is for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Uh, the Usos taking on Gable and Benjamin. Best of three falls. Best two out of three falls. Uh, so that's interesting. I don't think anyone is excited about the team-up of Gable and, and Shelton Benjamin. Um, I mean, I obviously... I I'm not. Right. There's, I mean, there's plenty of... Uh, American Alpha 2.0, uh, you know, jokes out there. I think you even said that before I started seeing it on TV. Um, so it's it, it's it's uh, it's easy pickings. Well, the thing is, Chad Gable's a really good wrestler. Shelton Benjamin's a really good wrestler, but I don't think anyone cares about the two of them together at all because it's so like, hey, here's someone comparable to Jason Jordan, who who everyone used to like and now everyone hates on Raw. Um, so anyway. It, it, it's an yeah, odd situation. It is, it is, and it's a major, major disservice uh, to, to to Shelton Benjamin. You know, uh, I don't know. He he sh- he he was originally going to be brought back uh, as a part of the brand split when they decided we actually need to hire more people, and then an injury prevented him from doing it. And then, of course, by the time he's ready to come back, they've split up American Alpha. And then, yeah, it's some bonehead who was just like, uh, just put him with Gable. People won't be able to tell the difference. <laughs> and like I said, that kind of sucks for Gable, but that super sucks for Benjamin. And like, I really feel bad for him. I mean, I guess you can be happy that he's getting a decent payday. He's back in the WWE, which is where I know he wanted to be. But other than that, I kind of feel bad for him. Yeah, they should have just made Chad Gable a a singles competitor because they broke up American Alpha and then left Shelton Benjamin a singles guy, too. Um, But, you know. Well, uh, yeah, and I think it is this. uh, What do you do? Do Do you throw Gable and Benjamin a life raft here? And like, hopefully that hopefully that they can win the belts and then float to shore safely, uh, using the belts as the flotation devices, you know. Or do we just let them continue to drown because the Usos look better with the belts around their shoulders? Right. No, it's 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 definitely a tough call. The Usos have uh, they've been through some tight scrapes and they've they've come out with the belts uh, throughout the year. And uh, even a lot of last year, the same it was that that same business going on. Um, and Gable Benjamin, at this point, I mean, no one cares. A, a, a title reign might be nice for these two. Um, it's a nice little present for these two. But the thing hey. is, will, will that still make people care? Probably not. And people are actually all about these Usos. However, one of the Usos got a DUI recently. So this might be a nice little slap on the wrist for him if the Usos drop the belt to Gable and Benjamin. So I'm going to have to actually pick Gable and Benjamin on this one. Wow. I I thought about it. I thought that that would be the way, but I'm going to go with the Usos. Oh, snap. I'm going to go with the Usos. Uh, Against my better judgment, it just seems like they will retain. Well, you know... Lack of interest for the team of Benjamin and Gable aside, I think it actually will be a really good match. Um, I, I think people forget how good Benjamin is because every time he wrestles, there's like a, oh my God, moment with Benjamin because he's super yeah. athletic. 
Well, that's not the only tag team championship match of the night. Raw has their own belts, and their champions are, speaking of Jason Jordan, Jason (laughs) Jordan. And, of course, the most sensible partner for him, Seth Rollins? Yeah. Yeah. They are odd bedfellows, and they are your Raw Tag Team Champions. They'll be defending them against Cesaro and Sheamus. You know, Cesaro and Sheamus! They don't just set the bar, you know. They are the bar. I've been told. I've been told. You know who's saying that? Huh? They are. Um, they are! So, Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins together. Obviously, Jason Jordan. It was like, oh, that's something for Jason Jordan to do quickly while... Ambrose is going to be out for a long time. He'll kind of fill in that gap. That way, the, the tag team belts stay on Seth Rollins for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> I don't quite understand this pairing. Also, what's really weird about this is they're trying to make Jason Jordan likable for everyone. But, of course, Jason Jordan is is this whiny character that complains about everything and thinks he deserves all this stuff. And now, like, he tries to hang out with the Shield and, you know, Reigns and Rollins are both like, Nah, man, you're not cool like us. Like, it's it just makes Jason Jordan look bad no matter what he does. So I'm not really sure about this booking at all. Um, <laughs> but I know for yeah, one... I don't. I haven't been sure about it at all leading up to now, but I'm starting to get a feel that they're going to allow it to to be what it is. Naturally allow him to go heal, and then we'll see what happens. But I definitely think with him taking the breaths that he takes and making the pauses that he makes, he's setting up the crowd uh, to tell the story. So I think it's good. I actually think that this will get better before it gets worse. Um, The only thing that's stupid, of course, is them, uh, much like uh, Gable and Benjamin going for tag belts, the fact that Jason Jordan is a tag team champion, but not with Chad Gable. Yeah. It's just, it's like, ah, what are you thinking? Yeah, and again, a lot of it had a lot to do with just the misfortune of everything that involved the Shield as soon as they tried to get the Shield back together again. Um, so, you know, like it or not, and, and no one likes it, Jason Jordan is uh, tag champions with Seth Rollins. Do you think they're going to retain against the bar, or do you think this is where you get the titles off the, these two? It's a messy situation already, and just kind of let the bar defend against someone else. That's what I think. I think the bar wins this match. And then maybe we get a WrestleMania program between Rollins and Jordan. Or maybe we get a WrestleMania program between Angle and Jordan, and it starts here. Right. And uh, I don't think any of that happens uh, if they retain. So I'm going with the bar. What about you? i absolutely going with the bar. Sheamus and Cesaro. You know who else I think is going with the bar? Uh-oh. Uh, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh man, Jason Jordan 
Jason Jones got that punks. He's got to know you got to have the strength to to be a survivor. You know what I mean? You feel me? You can't have pops come book you in these matches, man. Pops ain't gonna be in your corner. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? Uh, yeah, I feel you, Buck. Uh, welcome back to the whole reference show, Booker T, everybody. <laughs> man, I tell you what, man, uh, this, this Jason Jordan punk, man, he, he ain't got the stuff, he, he ain't, he ain't, he ain't got the heart, man, you know what I mean, you feel me, you feel me? I, I feel you, I feel you. You feel uh, me? What, why do you have such a problem with Jason Jordan, Buck? Man, he, you see, just because, because, because it pops is the, the man upstairs, you know what I mean? He might, he might be the man on the top floor, but Jason Jordan, he's down on the lower floors, you know what I'm saying? He's on the lower floors, you, and he's the got the heart, man. The man upstairs, I thought you meant his father is gone. <laughs> he, he, he might, he might think he is, you know what I'm saying? You feel me? But no, man, Jason Jordan, he, he just ain't there, man. He ain't, he ain't on that elite level. I, you know, I, I agree. I, I find myself cringing sometimes at the things you have to say on Monday nights about Jason Jordan, but I can't argue with that last sentiment. <laughs> you feel me? You feel me? Yes, I do feel you. Oh, uh, oh man, Booker T left again. If you feel Booker T, he will leave, uh, which man, is very nice. I'm glad we figured that out. I'm glad we figured that out. You know, he's not really helpful. He's not really. <laughs> he's loud. He's very loud. He's, he's he's good all on his own, but uh, I don't, we I think he has an addendum. He's just uh, superfluous. I, he really hates Jason Jordan. I, I've noticed that Booker T tends to be a little overly critical on the African American talent in WWE. Have you noticed that too? I didn't actually. I I had to follow your lead on that, and and at first I had to just take your word for it. But um, I won't say that I don't see it now. But it's definitely. Uh, sort of leading the witness, right? Uh, you you've sort of made my made me be keenly aware of what I'm looking at. It, it was it was mainly Jason Jordan at first, but then I noticed it like it wasn't Jason Jordan. It was like just random. I, I can't think of anyone else top of my head, but it it did seem like like, like Apollo Cruz, um, people like that. Just kind of just it was like, man, calm down, Booker T. <laughs> I see. I haven't heard that. That's interesting. Well, he puts and, over people that you wouldn't think that he would put over, like Elias Samson and stuff, or Elias. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting that he puts over people that commentators tend to not put over, and at the same time putting down people that commentators typically go like, oh, no, accomplished wrestler. He did this, this, and this. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Do you feel me? Uh, and I feel you as well, Perry. Thank you. Thank you. Um, anyway... <laughs> so, uh, Booker T seems to think the bar is going over. We also think the bar is going over. That takes us to the SmackDown World Title. Uh, AJ Styles defending against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It is a handicap match, so that means if Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win, they are co-champion. Yeah, they they can stand there and sing. We are the champion, singular, my friend. Doesn't work as well, does it? Uh, no, and uh, neither would a co-title reign, uh, because 
Owens and Zayn, I don't mind them in kind of a comedy-inspired gimmick, but don't include a prestigious title. Right. That's why I, as much as I believe WWE believes two people holding the world title might be a good idea, I'm inclined to disagree and am, you know, definitively and defiantly choosing AJ Styles to retain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I don't think WWE is going to want Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn in that main event world title holding picture when it comes to WrestleMania. I, 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 I don't think Owens or Zayn will be involved. I think AJ will still be champion. I'm hoping that the winner of the Rumble goes on to fight AJ at, the, at, at WrestleMania. Because I'm pretty sure that I'll go ahead and say it now. I'm pretty sure that Lesnar is also going to retain. And, you know, one of his mini foes will go on to hopefully dethrone him at uh, WrestleMania. But back to this, uh, Styles and and Owens and Zayn. This is a total exhibition, even though it's for the title. Um, It might end in some way that Shane McMahon runs out and will have some sort of... This might set up the Shane McMahon match for WrestleMania and his involvement in this match right here. Um, but either way, having them both be co-champion is a stupid idea. Why take it from AJ now? He's a perfectly credible person to have the belt at WrestleMania. Not to mention last year he had to to suffer the Shane McMahon match. So it, all, all, everything, all signs point to AJ retaining. So, well, I certainly hope so. And I just please don't make please don't take up room on your card for Shane McMahon. Please don't do it. It's it's gonna happen. He's a great character. He's uh, I just don't need him being uh, involved in physical altercations with his people. Not at all. Stop right. it. No, I understand. I understand. Well, that leads us to our last traditional match, Universal Title match. Brock Lesnar is defending against Braun Strowman and Kane. It is a triple threat match. I basically just said Lesnar's going to go over. Because I, I, I think much like the way the last Raw ended where Kane's an afterthought, this is mainly about Strowman versus Lesnar. Lesnar's already got over clean on Strowman before. I don't know why they act like that hasn't happened, because it has happened. Um, <laughs> so I, I think this is just Lesnar gets the win. He might pin Kane, but uh, he's definitely leaving. As, as I hate to hear, he's going to walk in, the champion, and he's going to walk out. Other champion. Um, so, yeah. And, again, this is unfortunate for Kane. Uh, Kane's such a badass, and he's such an afterthought now, which really irritates me. And he can still be that monster he always has been. Um, so, yeah. But, anyway, Lesnar goes over, right? Absolutely, Lesnar goes over. I do not see for one second anybody going into the main event for any amount of time, short or long, and it not being... Brock Lesnar, because if it's not him, then it has to be him in close pursuit, and we don't necessarily need to see that for uh, ad infinitum, if you will. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with that completely. So we're both picking Lesnar on this one. That means we agree with everything except for uh, the SmackDown title match, so that might be a decider, because we agreed that Asuka would win the Women's Royal Rumble well, that's going to take us into the Men's Royal Rumble, Darren. The main event of the evening. 
the Royal Rumble match. The traditional 30-man, over-the-top battle royal where every individual comes out two minutes apart until everyone is entered and only one person is left. To that victor, go the spoils. We probably should have uh, mentioned all that for the women's rumble. <laughs> so if you're listening and you weren't clear about how that works, uh, for those who aren't exactly familiar with how the Royal Rumble works, Darren just told you, and that's how the women's match will go as well. Um, so with this year's Royal Rumble, we have our second annual Whole Ref and Show Royal Rumble Contest. We have picked... The 30 participants involved in the Royal Rumble contest, folks. That's right. Um, they have been notified by email, but we'll go ahead and we'll announce the names on the show. And on this episode, we're also going to announce the numbers. The numbers, baby. 1 through 30. Uh, they were randomly assigned to the 30 participants. So it should be interesting. So if you're in this thing, man, it's going to be that much more fun to watch a Royal Rumble. Uh, because it's kind of like you're in it. Right, Darren? Absolutely it is. I know that you and I had a ball watching it last year for that very reason. Because since you and I were not in it, we were sort of like the god emperors. The, we were the dual monarchs. So instead of just getting excited about our one slot, you and I sat there excited about all 30 slots. Because they became representative of something a lot larger and myriad things uh, that are much larger when combined than simply watching your average wrestling match. Absolutely. We've got the names. We're going to announce them now, and we're going to give you the numbers right now as well. Starting with number one. Number one, Jared Hill. Jared Hill, you're going in first, buddy. Good luck to you. Coming in at number two, Charles Volkert of Gainesville, Florida. Charles, you're number two. With a bullet. Man. Number three, Casey Lauer of Canton, Kansas. Number three, Casey. Number four will be the madman himself, Abe Martin. Number five, Duncan Welker. Duncan Welker coming in at number five. Number six... Number six, you are Daniel Laguna, and Daniel Laguna, you are number six. Number seven, lucky number seven is Crystal. Crystal, you are number seven, my dear. Number eight, Papa Midnight himself, friend of the show, Ben Blanton. You are the Ocho. Number nine, Randy Davenport. Randy Davenport, number nine. The Beatles' favorite number. Number ten, Ryan Kelly. Number eleven, Roshan Rochester. Roshan, number eleven. And coming in to the Royal Rumble in the twelfth slot is Sean Guarino. Sean Guarino. Sean Guarino. Number 12. Number 13. He actually won the Rumble last year, folks. He won our first annual Royal Rumble contest. Ryan Pate coming in at number 13. I don't know. 13's, 
pretty unlucky number, especially when it comes to the Royal Rumble. But good luck to you, Ryan. Maybe, maybe you can win back-to-back. -back. We shall see. And number 14 is Tom Breen out of New England. Tom Breen, you're number 14 at the Royal Rumble. Number 15 from Super Nerd Wrestling, Ryan Rice. Ryan Rice, number 15. Good luck, pal. Number 16 is Tyler Rollins. Number 17, Destiny. Destiny, number 17. Is it your destiny to win the second annual Royal Rumble contest? We shall see. It could be. If anybody has something to say about it, it's number 18 because this man is a feminist icon. His name is Effie. Effie, number 18, making a return. He was in last year's Rumble as well. Number 19, the second half of Super Nerd Wrestling, Dalton Suter. Dalton Suter. And at number 20, you're entering two minutes after Dalton Suter. You are Jonas Black. Number 20, Jonas. Number 20, you drew number 20. Number 21, Dark Zero. Dark Zero, you are number 21. Dark Zero is all he gave us. All he gave us. <laughs> number 22 is Eli Ward. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your continued listens, Eli Ward. That's how you get in such a sweet spot like this, even with a randomizer. <laughs> I was about to say, makes it sound like we gave him that spot. The randomizer gave him that spot. We don't want it to sound like we're we're catering to anyone on the whole ref and show here. Uh, so number 23, Luis Gonzalez. Luis Gonzalez, number 23, prime spot. Not a bad place to be. Yeah, at this point, all this real estate is high-dollar real estate. And number 24, Rich Bokini. That's right. Rich Bokini, formerly Rich Brennan, he gets to partake in the Rumble instead of uh, calling the action from the sidelines. Oh, Rich. Good luck to you, bud. Uh, 25, Richard Studebaker. Richard Studebaker. Number 25. Yeah, 25 through 30, man. That That's where you really want to be in a Royal Rumble. Obviously, you get the uh, the benefit of coming in fresh toward the end. Yep, just like number 26, Brian Lyman. You are number 26 in the second annual Royal Rumble contest. Ooh la la. Number 27 from... Ooh la la! Ooh la la! <laughs> number 27 from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Rhett Thibodeau. Rhett Thibodeau. Rhett. Yeah, dear listeners, you may have heard Rhett Thibodeau a few months ago. He uh, was a special guest on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast, and uh, that was quite a listen. Now, Rhett Thibodeau joining our contest, but he won't be alone because we've still got three more entries, dear listeners. Number 28, Jason Maxwell. Friend of the show since day one, Jason Maxwell, your number 28, the odds 
Just keep getting better and better. Keep getting better and better. Number 29, John. <laughs> number 29, where's John Bring? John Bring, you're at number 29. Number 29. And that means only one slot left. Drum roll, please. <laughs> number 30, Mike Farinelli. Mike Farinelli coming into this rumble like he did last year. Also at number 30 like he did last year. I don't know. I think he paid off the randomizer. Because that's <laughs> two sweet spots because he was actually the second to last person to be eliminated uh, in the last rumble. Uh <laughs> So I don't know. We'll see what happens here, folks. So those are your 30 participants. Those are the 30 numbers. That's your uh, your number assignment. So good luck to everyone involved in the contest. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, we'll uh, discuss the winner on our next episode uh, when we talk about the Royal Rumble results. But this show isn't over. we got to talk about who's going to win this match, Darren. Who's going to win the match? I don't mean what friend of the show is going to win. I mean, what wrestler is going to be the last man standing, Darren? Oh, my God. Well, you know what? This is really, 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 really hard to pick because I don't know who's going to be in it. I don't even know who some of the people are. And that's because there's a lot of champions. There's a lot of challengers to those champions on this card. And... I know they're not going to fill a rumble up with cruiserweights, but who are they going to fill this match with? And then who deserves to win it? Out of the numbers they do have, who deserves to win it? I'm racking my brain. I think that Roman, uh, I, I really think that Roman was originally charted for this, and, and maybe so... Maybe that's why he lost his Intercontinental Championship to The Miz, so that the prestige wasn't ruined by him just casting it off. So it wasn't just ruined by uh, Roman just casting off the IC belt while uh, going after uh, uh, Lesnar's Universal title. But that's what he's doing. I mean, that's ostensibly what he's doing. So... As much as I hate to say it, I think Roman Reigns is going to win. I remember how upset you were last year when Roman Reigns came out. Um, he didn't win the Rumble, uh, thank God for that, but you were still pretty pissed that, that Roman Reigns was involved in the match. Care to comment? Uh, no, well, I mean, the same comment that I've always had about Roman Reigns, which is the first time that he should have won it, the first time that he should have won it, they didn't allow him to, and ever since then, they forced him on us. They didn't listen when everybody was for Roman Reigns, and then they kind of gave everybody what they wanted, but it was far too late. And then they don't react positively to that. So, it's a catch-22 in every possible way, but even though this is an insanely hard match to pick, uh, a winner for, especially uh, for, for these reasons, I still think Roman has to be the one. What about you? Dare we speculate on the, the potential surprise entrance into the Rumble? There, there, there are a lot of people who've been on the shelf for a while who may 
who may be ready to come back, and this might be their way of coming back into the Rumble. Um, there's reports that Samoa Joe doesn't need surgery for his injury, so he might actually show up in the Rumble. Um, that would be cool. There's a lot of, I mean, uh, Kenny Omega might show up with Sting in his prime, and, <laughs> and they'll, they'll ride a unicorn. You know, uh, it's funny <laughs> that you say that about Samoa Joe. I hope he does get into the real Rumble because he didn't make the cut. It's true. In our Rumble. It's true. Samoa Joe did apply to be in our Rumble. Didn't make the final 30. Uh, better luck next year, Joe. Um, so there could be still surprise entrance in the Rumble. Taker might show up in the Rumble. Um, what about Jericho? What about Jericho? Jericho, who, by the way, we didn't mention him. He did make appearance at the 25th anniversary, which was already kind of weird. Because I I just seen so much Jericho in New Japan, so him being on a Raw was almost like whoa 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 what's happening here? I mean it's really strange how your wires can get crossed like that. Like it, it's really really strange. Or like 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 how WWE can brainwash you into making you like think the way they do. Like for a while I forgot what Elias's uh, full name was because I hadn't heard it in so long. Um, it's, it's odd how that happens. Um, so there could be surprise people in this. Lord knows they already have the 30 men just let, like waiting around to be in this thing. Many have been uh, named to be in it. But the, the, the question is, is it about trying to find someone for Brock Lesnar to fight or trying to find someone for AJ Styles to fight? So they, they don't really have they, – they've had plenty of time to build a program – between Brock Lesnar and anyone else on Raw, because he keeps being involved in fighting the same people over and over again on Raw. However, if AJ goes over on Owens and Zayn like we think he is, they're not going to fight again at WrestleMania. That means that AJ needs an opponent for WrestleMania. So I think this is about finding AJ an opponent. So I think, yes, I am going to go all in, Darren. Shinsuke Nakamura might go over on this. And I know he's not, but you know what? I don't care. I don't care anymore. I think he should. I think he should, and I think that would be great. But uh, it's going to take some convincing backstage. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. All right. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I just don't think that the WWE is ready for that. I don't think that the WWE is ready to make that decision on their own without their hand being forced. And we know, especially when you try to force their hand, they're going to be contrarian to the end and not give you what you want. So I just, I just, golly, I just don't see it happening. But your route to get there and get what you want to happen, good job. That's, uh, it is logical thinking. It is not something that is far-fetched. Or impossible. So I'd love to see it. I'd love to sit down Sunday night and watch that unfold. I would love you. You know how much I'd love it, and and love it even more to see Nakamura and AJ at WrestleMania, which I've been asking for that forever. Um, but I mean, it is there are a lot of unknowns, a lot of wild cards. John Cena's involvement's a wild card as well, um, which not really we're not really thinking about. It's uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of a lot of uh, groundwork to do even now leading up to WrestleMania, which is not that far away. Um, I mean, you can basically just make a card full of former champions and kind of get away with it. But you, you you want it to make sense. You want that story to be there. You want reasons to be there. So, so John Cena only one went away from breaking Ric Flair's record number of title reigns. 
um, which is going to happen sooner or later. So, you know, I, I don't want to see that anytime soon. But so, I mean, anyone can win this match. I'm just booking with my heart, booking with my heart on this one. And I, I want Nakamura to go over just so I can finally see. And, and even, even if Nakamura doesn't win this, it doesn't mean I still won't get Nakamura versus AJ at uh, WrestleMania. But it'd be kind of cool if we got it this way, I think. I think Nakamura needs something to kind of put him over a little bit uh, on the way to WrestleMania. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I don't know. The, the Rumble match itself is so unpredictable. I, I, I don't know. I can't speculate beyond it. I, I, I really can't speculate beyond it it's tough to say who's gonna win out of 30 people so i there's, right. there's... So, I mean, and the fact that that's 30 potential futures that's 30 different paths to wrestlemania that's why i can't even begin to hope to forecast what happens after the rumble and roman of course is my choice that night and i make it with the utmost begrudging right now, it's, remember last year, I think about last year when we said that Randy Orton would definitely not win the Rumble, and uh, he went over. So, I mean, it's, you never know. You, you never know. Um, no one expected Reigns to show up in the Rumble, and it happened. Again, he didn't win, but then we didn't expect, we didn't expect Randy Orton to win, and he did. Uh, it's crazy. But that's the cool thing about the Rumbles. It's, it's expect the unexpected, and it's impossible to do that. Um, so, we'll just we'll go along for the ride. It should be a lot of fun. But that's it. That is our head-to-head head to head. for the Royal Rumble 2018, Darren. My God. What do you, what do you think? Is it going to be a good night? I think it's going to be a great night. Um, I don't care what order we see these matches. The fact that I get to see two full live Royal Rumbles, 60 awesome wrestlers all on my screen, not to mention all the many, many wrestlers that will be in matches other than the two Rumble matches. But I think it's going to be a killer night. I'm so stoked. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, also with TakeOver Philadelphia, NXT going to represent. They're going to try to steal that spotlight away from the main show, um, which they, they easily do sometimes, i got to say. Uh, so yeah, they great weekend. do that. Great weekend for wrestling. Uh, what do you guys think? You guys excited? Let us know. There's a lot of ways to let us know. You can let us know on Twitter at Ref and Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook. Like and share. Uh, send us a Gmail if you want to at uh, thewholereffandshow at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or, or find us on Instagram at thewholereffandshow.com. All one word, all lowercase, the whole reference show. Find us, add us, like our stuff. We'll like you right back. Let's talk about sex, baby. No, 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 no. Let's talk about <laughs> pro wrestling pictures, memories, and history. Ah, uh, you love that word, don't you, Darren? I do. I, and I also love that Michael Jackson album. Yes, very nice. Uh, and that's it. That's all the time we have here on the whole ref and show. The only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. Once more, my name is Perry Smith. And once more, and hopefully not last more. Hopefully this isn't one last time. 
My name is Darren Beasley. And we're going to see you next week, folks. Good luck in the Rumble to our, our faithful 30. Our thirsty 30. <laughs> we'll see you next week, folks. Bye, folks. Saturday night, Royal Rumble. Every man for himself. Two men start. Every two minutes, another man enters that ring. Over the top rope to the floor. Gentlemen, be ready. This Saturday night, what an opportunity to prove once again that I am perfect.